It's not about autographs. It's not about selfies. It's not about, it's not about being known, having connections, not being well networked. It's not about anything of that nature. It is about harvest. It's about sowing and reaping and reaching the lost. That's why we're in this thing. That's why we do anything we do. That's why you know anybody you know. It is for harvest. Hi, and welcome to the Action Biblical Podcast. I'm Lana Lejean, joined with our regulars, Tyler Merritt and James Merritt. And this will be our third overall episode, but our second episode of this Soul Winner series that we're doing. And this one is titled Reach. This is really us getting out and actually teaching and sharing the gospel of soul winning. That this one of the, Probably the most crucial part of the whole process of soul winning is actually going out and teaching it. Proverbs 11 and 30 says, the, f- the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that wins souls is wise. So there's wisdom in reaching out to people. There's wisdom in actually going out and putting yourself out there. There's wisdom in that. And that is a part of your fruit of the righteous, and that's the image of God, basically. So it's your obligation as being a Christian and displaying the image of God to go out there and share the gospel and to participate in the Great Commission. Amen. And the thing that can make witnessing or reaching people difficult is that a lot of times people can be pretty shy about uh, going up to someone and and talking about God, because sometimes you don't know how people are going to respond or react. Sometimes they respond very positively and uh, accept the gospel very quickly. Some people, it takes hardly any effort at all. Then there's others where they're very hostile uh, to it, and that, that's usually what people are pretty scared of. They're kind of afraid of the confrontation right. sometimes. So it's a little bit about getting out of your, uh, getting out of your comfort zone. And when you look at the story of Jonah, I mean, that's essentially what it is. I mean, it's, it's God trying to get Jonah out of his comfort zone for, for whatever reason. He didn't really want to go preach at Nineveh. And same thing with Peter. He didn't really want to go preach to the Gentiles either. But it, when you think about the story of Jonah, and you kind of, it's pretty interesting when you look up the definition of the word Tarshish, which was where, excuse me, uh, Jonah was was inevitably trying to go to. Of course, he went to Joppa first, but Tarshish was his ultimate goal. In, in the uh, Blue Letter Bible app, I looked at the definition of the word Tarshish in there, and the def- and it literally means yellow jasper, and I was like, okay, well, that's interesting. I have no idea what yellow jasper <laughs> is, <laughs> so I decided to look it up, and it says yellow jasper was historically revered as a talisman of protection and discernment utilized by priests, shamans, and spirit guides to guard man in both his physical travels as well as, well as his spiritual journeys, and if you continue to kind of read into it a little bit more, uh, it kind of becomes increasingly clear that Tarshish really, or, or yellow jasper and all this stuff, and, and Tarshish, it kind of represents sort of comfort zone, being comfortable, being protected. Mm-hmm. So so Jonah was, you know, running from God, but he was running to his comfort zone where he wanted to be, where what he wanted to do, his desires, his will, and not God's, of course, inevitably. And what's funny is, like, if you kind of look at a map, 
where Nineveh was and Tarshish and Joppa. Tarshish was on the opposite side <laughs> of, of Nineveh. So what that tells me uh, is that your comfort zone is on the complete opposite end of where God wants you to be. Well, disobeying and obeying the word of God in your, the, you know, being spoken in your life is, you know, uh, the difference between yes, Lord, and outright rebellion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a pretty fine line between hesitation and uh, I mean, opting out of, uh, choosing to opt out of what God has spoken into your life or the commandment, uh, the, the, the command that God has given you. Uh, opting out of it is the same thing as telling them no. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it, the complete opposite directions. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mark sixteen fifteen is where we find the Great Commission. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That is the Great Commission. So when I read that, that was written down and recorded 2,000 years ago. So when I get a lot of questions of people coming up to me and asking me, when is the time that I need to go and reach out to people? I have one, one answer already. When is the time for me to go pray and fast about this already? Amen. When is the time for me to, to go out and, and tell people about God already? Mm-hmm. You, are, you were called 2,000 years ago to do, go and do this. There should be no hesitation at all. There should be no, you should have, that's a part of being a Christian. That is you taking that step over that line saying, I'm called to do this. Paul said, without repentance, there's no other step besides that one where you cross that line and say, I'm doing this. I'm going to get out of my comfort zone. I'm going to go and do the will of God and what he's called me to do already. Yeah, obey it and don't have any regrets in obeying it. If if God is, I mean, if the one true God of Israel uh, is your God, then uh, you show that by being obedient because they're – if you're going to call yourself a Christian, there is no, well, maybe tomorrow, Lord, or uh, maybe whenever I feel yeah. like it, maybe whenever I finally get my ducks in the row financially, maybe whenever I, I get my act together or uh, whenever I think is the right time, yeah. whenever I feel comfortable to go out and do it, yeah. I'll do it on my time. You're, you're not in the will of God anymore. Right. And you're, that's a, uh, it should have been already. It should have already it should been, been already. <clears throat> yeah. That is, the great commission that means that's the great priority of being a christian of actually walking in this faith already that's the word so if y'all are struggling with when you should do it already that's your answer should be the number one priority amen once you've uh, once you can see the kingdom which we know was it John three and three, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. uh, being baptized or you know being born again of the Spirit and the water, uh, you can now see you can now see the kingdom. Uh, once you're at that point, I mean, only thing left to do is to go out and make more disciples. Yeah, but I mean, the actual reaching out part. This is probably I know there's a lot of emphasis on it, and because a lot of people get don't want to do it because it's out of their comfort zone, right? But it's also, there's a kind of a little bit of a fear factor to it of going out of my comfort zone, reaching out, and especially for people who are more introvert. Mm -hmm. But this is probably the actually easiest part of this whole process of soul winning. To me, it is because I was actually reading a book, and 
uh, world. The book is A World Beyond the Stars by Eli Hernandez. Y'all need to go get that book. It's talking about developing your yourself in the spiritual realm and you know growing in that. And he he had. I was reading it the other day, and there was a line in there, and I wrote it down because it, it dealt a lot with soul winning in itself. It says, since we've been made in the image of God, the spirit man in ourselves, the spirit man automatically has an other world connection. And therefore, by a natural hungering for the supernatural. So because of that connection we already have, that's how we already have that hunger built inside of us. We know that with the proper discipline and sound biblical teaching, there are no limits to the spiritual heights and pathways that God will open to us. But we also know that Satan has corrupted so many into thinking that these things cannot be experienced in a church or atmosphere where Jesus Christ is magnified. Because of this, people in, invariably, excuse me, invariably turn what was intended to be spiritual into a religious path or even a denominal path, often filled with misguided and misinformed ideas of how to truly explore the spiritual essence of God. This, in turn, creates the confusion and spiritual crisis that we so prevalent in our world, that's so prevalent in our world today. So what he's saying is, when you're going out to people, you're not telling them about something they don't know about. They already have an experience with God. They were made in the, God spent time forming them also, not just you, okay? So going that mindset, okay, I'm walking in that faith that, Okay, I'm, I'm going to talk to somebody that can relate to what I'm about to teach them, that they need this, what I'm about to teach them about God. They need this. They need that comfort of belonging almost, you could say that. So he's saying that they already have that connection. So it's not hard to go out and tell people about God because they already have that experience with God in the, spirit, in the spiritual man. But what your job is is not to put them down the denominal path, not the religious path, but take them the, the direction of sound biblical teaching. And that's what we're doing. That's what it all is. That's the easy. That, that's why I say it's so easy because all you're doing is telling people what the Bible says. Yeah. That's all you're doing. So it's simple in that regard. But mm -hmm. so, I mean, getting out there, the actual taking this step is the hardest part you're ever going to do. When you step over that line, that's the hardest part. Other than that, the actual going out and teaching, like setting up a Bible study and teaching somebody – Telling people about God, that's not really hard. That's probably, again, I'll say it, the easiest part of this whole process. As long as you're reading the Word. Yeah, as, yeah, long as, you know, as long as you know the Word. <laughs> At least yeah. know the Word. As long as you're reading the Word, it's not hard. Because, I mean, I mean, really, if you want to really, really simplify teaching a Bible study, read the lesson a week ahead and refresh your yeah. – the, the week before, throughout the week before the Bible study, just yeah. study what you're going to teach on and then become an expert on that you know memorize what you can uh, and just know it just know the section that you're talking about and if people bring you questions i mean you can always say hey let me check with my pastor let me spend some time in prayer let me make sure i have uh make sure i have it biblically sound before i go around you know preaching and telling people yeah. uh, what's in the word of god yeah. yeah that's not something that shouldn't cripple you and and put you in fear of you know i might lead someone down the, the wrong path just Take your time. Yeah. Take mm -hmm. your time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah you know, it, another reason to not be so afraid when reaching out. In Acts 1, you know, Jesus tells them, you'll be endued with power from on high mm -hmm. when the Holy Ghost Amen. comes upon you. So if you have the Holy Ghost, 
I mean, you have the power, you know, wh- whether you think it or not, or whether you feel kind of uncomfortable or not, it doesn't matter. You have the power. You, you really don't have to be like an expert to, to yeah. a, an expert in the word of God. I've heard stories of, um, of a, of a guy who's now a preacher. I don't remember the names of anybody, but, uh, this, this guy, he just walked into a Pentecostal church one day and he was like, wow, this is awesome. This is real. He didn't even get the Holy ghost. But he started telling everybody he knew, he was like, man, this thing is real. And all the people that he was reaching got the Holy Ghost before him. But then eventually he got it pretty soon after. But it's just like you really don't have to know that much. I mean, obviously you want to continue to grow and everything. I'm not saying that you shouldn't. But it doesn't – all that matters is being a willing vessel. And I can tell you right now, the first Bible study I ever taught, I had no idea what I was doing. But <laughs> – I was just like, all right, well, I mean, I, I just knew that God was really putting on me. He said, hey, you need to start doing this. I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> but I, I just I just went in there, and I did it. That first Bible last, that Bible study, I was like, oh, dude, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just like, man, I, what am I doing here? I don't know what I'm talking about. I sound like a rambling fool. And then so we, we get done with the part one of rightly dividing the word, right? And then I leave copies of. Rightly dividing the word part two. I'm like, all right, you know, if you guys, you know, I'll, I'll just leave this here for y'all next week, you know, and, you know, and, and, you know, on rightly dividing the word it has like some of the fill in the blanks or whatever. And then I came back the next week, uh, one of, uh, one of the people that was in the Bible study, she had all of it filled out. She was, and it was like seven pages, seven pages worth of, of scripture. I mean, it's like not a, not a short Bible study. And then by the end of the Bible study, yep, I want to get baptized. And then, like, or one of her nieces, like, yeah, I want to get baptized. And they got baptized, and now it's turning to something even more incredible. That same woman who, um, who, uh, who filled in all those blanks on that Bible. So she's now been filled with the Holy Ghost, and we're reaching many more of her family members. And it's just amazing what what God is was doing. But, but all that being said, you know, it's just like at the end of the day, like I had no idea what I was doing, but just. Man, just get in there, roll up your sleeves, just find something to do. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I don't, whether you realize it in the moment or not, but you flat out prophesied over that family too, mm-hmm. saying, you know, we get you in the water, we get you baptized, we're going to get the rest of your family too. And lo and behold, yeah. we spoke life. I mean, we baptized what, three? Four. What's a four that one day? Four, yeah. And two weeks ago, it was four of them. Was it two or three weeks ago? I can't remember exactly how long ago it was. Anyways, but we baptized how many today? Two, three. Three? three more, was it three yeah. more? To, yeah, it was three. And, and overflowing. It's overflowing. Yeah, and then yeah. one of those this morning was from the same Bible study. Yeah. Um, and she actually received the Holy Ghost at the Bible study. <laughs> there you go. And it's just it's just awesome. And again, I, I still don't really know what I'm doing, but <laughs> but I'm just, I'm just trying to listen <laughs> to God for once in my life. <laughs> but... But wow. it's, <laughs> well. hey, but man, that's, that's what all it comes down to. I mean, yeah. you, you understand the word of God. You, you do, you, you do know the word of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, for us, it's a little bit easier cause we were raised in it. Right. Yeah. Um, but I lost my train of thought here, understand but understand what yeah, you yeah. teach. But yeah. the, the other, the other part of it was obeying it too. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Cause like, like you said, you, you didn't necessarily want May may not have wanted to. I'm not gonna speak for you, but no, nah, I really didn't want to. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> now I mean, now I, I love it. I, I know that sounds worse than it than it should, but I mean, we're I mean, 
this is Flash Man. We, yeah, it's Flash. we gotta deal with this. People give the devil too much credit. You, yeah. you, you, you gotta deal with yourself. Flash is a greater little. enemy. Yeah. But yeah, um, oh, what was I gonna say now? <laughs> um, take, take Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I had something on my mind. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, so I was gonna say, <laughs> I can't remember it. Anymore. <laughs> All right, go ahead, go ahead. Today in the sermon. He preached from Matthew 22 about the the wedding. Jesus was telling the parable of the kingdom of heaven is like a king preparing a marriage supper for his sons. First son, excuse me. And as he was telling this, with the the mindset that we were we were recording today, I was thinking of because it mentions further down in the parable that the king sent the servants. So none of the attendants, nobody would come unless he, the servant, went and found them. So it wasn't the, just because the king had the, he, the king prepared it. But he said, I want the servants to go get the people who are worthy to sit at this table. Who are worthy to come to this wedding, partake of what I've prepared for them. Of course, it continues about the wedding garment, but it was the servants that went and got them. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the king coming out saying, oh, hey, guys, I got a wedding. Come and come. What a parade or Whatever. Anything, no, he yeah. didn't prepare, parade. He said, I want the servants. You, go get them and bring them to this, this table. Amen. Bring them to the table. And that's what, and as I was, as God was showing me that today, I was really like, that is exactly what soul winning is. That's exactly what the reaching part is. That's Amen. us, the servants, going out. And getting people who are worthy to sit at this sit at his table and teaching them what to wear, what to eat, how to how to how to do it properly, how to sit at the table, how to eat and partake of that's what we're doing. We are going out, and we are bringing people that are worthy to sit at this table. Yeah. Well, we we go and bring them in, but it I mean, it was only one person who decided not to put on the wedding garment, right? right? That, and that's a choice that they have to make. Yeah, uh, it's not. I mean, you can't force them to change. Right. change their ways you can't force right. them to change uh how they act if, whether or not they separate themselves from their worldly ways whether they repent or not um but it's our job to go out there and draw them near yeah, yeah. well in our last episode we talked about listening and building the relationship and the value of people and actually making the connection to begin with and and paying attention to what they're saying and stuff so really this is you know this is the next step so what you're doing is as you're reaching people, how you do that is you take what you've built with your relationship, okay? Built with what you have studied about them and, and the vertical connection that you have. And you're taking it and you're applying the, I'm sorry, the horizontal connection that you have and you're applying the vertical connection with God and you're fl- letting that flow through you and speak to them, okay? And then that's how you bring them. So a good teacher... I say all that to say this. A good teacher will take the relationship they already have with the students and use that, the relationship that they've built, to teach them. Okay, so if they're teaching them about, if a teacher, a math teacher, say, is teaching them about 4 plus 4, they're going to use the fact that they taught them about 2 plus 2 first. Then they're going to use that to teach them about four plus four. So it's, that's how good teachers will do it. So that's what Jesus did when he was teaching the parables. He was, when he was giving the parable about this wedding garment, he was teaching, talking to people who who's had a wedding or 
who have known of a wedding are known of a king. So, or the same thing with the sower and and the and the harvest. Even the harvest, the kingdom of heaven is like a harvest. Or the talents. Every parable he taught, he was teaching people that understood what he was saying. He was teaching farmers. He was teaching people with talent. He was teaching servants. He was teaching people. So he would take where they were in his relationship of how of the, uh, uh, that he had with them, and he was taking that of how what he was taking where they were and applying it to the kingdom, and that's how he would teach people about the kingdom. So that's what that's why the parables are the way they are. So it's not you're not going to teach a a farmer. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, you're not going to teach someone who has no idea what a farm is about planting a harvest, right? You're not going to tell somebody who's never milked a – seeing a cow about how to milk a cow. <laughs> you know, you're going to take where they're at. So say they're like a business manager. So you're going to take business management and, uh, and equate that to the gospel and salvation and the word of God and the kingdom of heaven. And that's how you're going to reach them through – how you know them, how you've listened and studied them, and the word of God, and you're applying those all three together, and you're making that connection. Yeah, you got to be able to speak their language. So. Speak their language, yeah, yeah. Just to make it easier on them. Yeah. And on the grounds of um, building relationships, I this is for the youth pastors. Right now, I, I already told you guys this, I think, in, in youth class, but I, I owe everyone in my youth class right now sort of uh, I want to start doing one-on-one sessions. That way I can – you know, build a relationship with all of my students, and that way I can understand what's going on in their life, what they're dealing with. So that way, you know, I can pray and uh, get discernment and wisdom on how to help help them grow in, in their ministry and their walk with God. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Uh, that's my that's my number one right job right now is as a youth pastor is to make sure that they're they're starting to produce produce their first fruits and those and those seeds Amen. are starting to spread as they produce fruit. Right. That's what any teacher wants to see, though. That's what any teacher wants to see in their when they're teaching. They want to see the um, the uh, effects of how how that's working, and you know the the first roots and the first growth, and see how how it's taking root and how it's taking place, so they can see what adjustments they have to take after that. Yeah, it's exciting. It, it'll it'll light a fire under you to mm-hmm. and get you going on your ministry once you, especially once you start seeing those first fruits. Mm-hmm. It, it'll get you moving. Amen. Definitely. So, yeah, that's how you do it. You take what your relationship with them and then you apply the kingdom of God to that and salvation to that. Okay, you're not going to speak a foreign language to them. Okay, this is, you got to make this, you got to speak their language. You've got to understand how to relate the two, how to relate the kingdom of God and your relationship with them. And that's taking the full connection and pretty much taking yourself out of the picture and letting, and Replacing with God, taking the connection you have with God and making it flow like a river into them, to the, where they have a spirit of understanding and discernment in that, in the teaching part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your relationship with God is going to greatly affect <laughs> how Amen. you're able to reach them. You know, like in the book of, you know, I'm going to talk about Jonah again. <laughs> but Yay. whenever, whenever Jonah gets on the ship with these guys. Um, and so in the scripture literally says that whenever he got on the ship, they asked him, Hey, so, uh, what you, what you joining us for? Oh, I'm running from God. (laughs) It's what he tells them. (laughs) And then, you know, then the storm starts to happen 
and then they ask him, okay, well, well what, what do you do? Like, what, what are you really about, man? It's like, oh, my job is to fear God. So, so you can, you can be a pretty bad example <laughs> yeah. with just the way you act and you, you carry yourself out. You can do some serious damage if you're going around saying, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, man, you know, and you're not, you know, acting like a Christian or being, being a Christian. Pharisee. But, but, like, if you, if you really, uh, if you're really in tune with God and have a great relationship, got a great prayer life, and I mean, you're really acting like Christ, or at, at the very least, making very serious progress. I mean, people will kind of just come to you, you know. I mean, you can you can reach out to people just by just being the example, by being different, you know. Someone noticing something different in you, and then that opens the door uh, to right. to actually, you know, building a relationship. With them, so it, you don't always have to just go up to someone and you know knock on their door yeah. or go strike. You don't always have to be the one to initiate it because honestly, a lot of the times in Scripture, people are approaching Jesus. Sometimes right. Jesus is the one to reach out first, but a lot of the time, uh, it's it's people reaching out to him because they know there's like, okay, there's something different about this guy, and not all of them maybe realize that some of them just thought okay, he's a prophet, or or some just realize that yeah, that's that's God walking the flesh right there, like. Uh, like we heard in the preaching this morning, you know, blind Barnabas, man, he, even though he was blind, he saw something, he saw something different. Yeah, he understood that that was God. Yeah. He wouldn't have cried out in the first place. Yeah. yeah. And for the, for the youth class, I, I told them, look, just, just focus on you and God at first. You just, just focus on getting established in the word, making sure you understand it and actually applying what the word of God says, like removing different things from your life. Um, removing yourself from the world, actually repenting, mm-hmm. not just saying, oops, sorry, every time you get caught. Um, <clears throat> Saul. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well. Um, but this this extremely simple concept, uh, we're starting to see with, with our youth at, at our church now, they, they're getting asked questions that, you know, 13 through 18 normally like you're you're not usually having these conversations but because pe- people can see the holy ghost flowing off of you whenever uh, you, they, they saw a change in their friend's mm-hmm. life uh, and now they're getting asked all sorts of questions that are you know dealing with salvation uh dealing with uh you know i mean some of the things are they're dealing with like transgenderism and mental illness and and other things uh, that you wouldn't think that 13-year-olds and 15-year-olds would have to deal with, yeah. but they are having to deal with it. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. But thankfully, uh, <clears throat> our, our students, or the youth at our church, are equipping themselves uh, with, with the Word of God, and they're hungry for it, and they're going out of their way uh, to go and study it for themselves because they love God, and they actually want to read the Word and know Him. Yeah. So uh, that's where it starts. Yeah. Yeah, and some of our youth are, is being very heavily used in in the spirit, you know. I mean, talking about, like, prayer and just, you know, like, praying for people to, you know. I witnessed it a whole bunch last night. <laughs> I don't know if you want to open up that, that can of worms. but <laughs> we, we might have a, a separate we might. testify kind of yeah. episode <laughs> for for what, what what went down at that Bible study. Um, yeah, I wasn't much of a Bible study. <laughs> yeah, uh, you guys kind of... <laughs> Started out that way. Yeah, you guys had to start rebuking stuff pretty quick. Yeah, but um, it, it was uh, it was it was an incredible night. Yeah. Lots of victory, but... 
But, you know, there's kind of a, in anybody's walk with God, there's a discipleship phase Amen. and then an apostolic phase. You know, and, as you know, of course, the disciples, they yeah. spent about three and a half years, if I'm correct, you know, with Jesus, where, where Jesus was just teaching them and showing them how to do things right. And then once they were filled with the Holy Ghost, it was instantly, all right, you know, ooh, <laughs> almost knocked over the cup. Uh, you know, that's the whole point of receiving the Holy Ghost is just so that you can be sent out. I mean, obviously, it's to that's save you. That's what apostolic means. Apostle to sent, means yeah. to, to be sent. That's literally yeah. what it means. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and, and even the scripture, when you start reading the book of Acts, it, start calls, it starts calling them the apostles rather than the disciples. And Tyler, you actually preached a good message on that. I, yeah. You, I'll let you talk about that. You know what I'm talking about? Like uh, the Antioch. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah, they were first called Christians in Antioch. Um. So first they were called disciples, mm-hmm. yeah. then they were called apostles. So they were taught, then they were sent, and then they were, after they went to Antioch, mm-hmm. then they were uh, described, They then they were referred to as Christians. Yeah. So they went from being taught to being sent to being identified. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so like, so winning a soul and, and reaching is is pretty essential to being a Christian. I mean, the Great Commission, I mean, it's kind of a part of the the job description, (laughs) so to speak. Yeah, get, excuse me, repent, baptize in Jesus' name, get the Holy Ghost, teach it, rinse and repeat. Yeah, there it is. Kind of on repeat. Just once you have that, your your entire priority, your number one priority is just to teach. Uh, And you don't, listen, you, you don't need a license for this. I, I, you, you don't get your anointing through a piece of paper that says, I, I took a couple of classes. All right. Uh, once you have the Holy Ghost, I mean, you're, you're being led by God Almighty. Just get out there and mm-hmm. let God speak through you. Amen. And, and you'll get more and more used to being able to do that and allow God to flow. I mean, that, that comes with some practice, right? Just being able to get out of the way. Uh, getting our flesh out of the way, getting our will out of the way to allow God to speak through us. Yeah. can only do that with the Holy Ghost. Yeah, amen. But it's it, it's really funny, you know, how much God really wants to use us and all the process. You know, because yeah. when you read about Cornelius, you know, that whole story, he has a vision and an angel comes to him in this vision, you know, telling him, you know, Peter's going to come preach the gospel to you. Like, why not give him the truth right there? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> well, Why not actually, the angel do it? That is a key thing. Uh, the angel, that's funny. You'll never find an angel teaching salvation. You'll you never, never will. Because it was man who originally sinned. So God expects man to yep. deliver the promise. To deliver the, because yep. only man can understand the promise. Angels yeah. cannot understand sin and they can't understand why we would fall in the first place unless they they felt unless they yeah exactly so demons there it is but (laughs) but you'll never find that because only man can truly understand what a promise really means and uh just to kind of go a slightly different tangent on that galatians 1 and 8 and 1 and 9 but though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel Mm -hmm. unto you than that which we right. have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Then Galatians 1 and 9, the very next verse, 
As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. Right. And also he later refers to that as the doctrine of devils. Mm-hmm. When he's talking about the angels. Yeah. So really what he meant by that was, uh, when he meant by angels teaching the gospel, because angels are actually not supposed to teach gospel. That is actually a deal. You're not The angels are not supposed to do that. So that's why you shouldn't receive that because that and then later he refers to that as the doctrine of devils or a part of that a, a doctrine of devils because they're the only ones that would do that because it's it's a part of their commandment as an angel mm-hmm. to not do well, that. Well, doctrine of devils dealt a lot with uh, boasters and be- yeah. lovers right. lovers of themselves, men, men especially right. mankind that knows the word of God and then rejects it and mm-hmm. focuses on themselves, which formulates from the original fallen angels as well. That's the same characteristics. Same so that's why he referred to them th- as devils. Yeah. So it's yeah. up to us. It's up to yeah. you guys. Not You can't let that re- responsibility fall on, oh, I'll let angels teach him. I'll let, I'll let God show them. No, you can't do that. That is, It's your job. It's our job mm-hmm. only. That's yeah. why it's the Great Commission because it's given to us only. It's only given to man. It's not given yeah. to angels. It's not given to demons. It's not given to, to God or cherubims or anything. Yeah. It's given to us. Yeah. It's our responsibility. Yeah, God really wants to use us. You know, right. it's 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 kind of it's, it's kind of mind-boggling. Yeah, it's, but it's an, it's, honor, it's an honor. It really is. It really is. You know, and uh, and with Jonah, you know, at, he he eventually you know repents and finally goes and does it. Uh, but then right after, he he starts complaining to God. He's like he's like he's like God, I knew they were. You and I bo- both knew they were going to repent anyways. Like what? Like why you why'd you waste my time? <laughs> Essentially, is what he was saying. You know, he's like, like, like you you knew you weren't going to destroy them anyway, so why bother sending me? And of course, him and God get into this somewhat weird conversation, and yeah. the Book of Jonah actually ends up ends on a just a question that never really gets answered. You know, it's interesting book. From it's God. an interesting book. A question from God. Yeah, a question from God. Yeah. He's very interested in us. <laughs> The conversation with us, the process with us, it's, I don't know. Yeah, it's and that goes back to the making sure our relationship with God is yeah. right. You know, like what you were saying mm-hmm. earlier. That's yeah. what that goes back to. Yeah. Working with God rather than just doing things for him, but yeah. working with him. With, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, you're feeling that one. <laughs> I'm feeling that, man. Right. Ooh. <laughs> I think I have, hold on. I'm going to go to my notes. Because actually, I recently... Because that we both heard that set at the conference, and I was like, well, I need to look into that a little bit. I actually wasn't there for that part. But you told me afterwards. Oh, I did? Oh, well, there you go, guys. Yeah. We're on the same page, though. <laughs> I was sharing, you know, the good news with him, you know, what happened. Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. But with God, not for God. <laughs> you know, because even people who know of God can cast out devils and people who have the spirit, but, you know, even those people, though, he said, I don't know you. Mm-hmm. Who are you? Yeah, talking about the vagabond Jew exorcist. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the ones that, you know, the, you know, they did it. Yeah, they were running around screaming in Jesus' name at people. Yeah. Yeah. But they didn't know God. Yeah, they didn't know. No. So that was them doing something for God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're not teaching this gospel for God. Because if we were, he, I mean, he could already do it. Let's be honest. He's, he's actually written a whole book on, of it. 
So we're yeah. not doing this for God. <laughs> Gotta do it well, with. I mean, even says like there were multiple times where people challenged Jesus, and I mean, it's like even if I did perform the miracle, even if I did, you know, show out exactly, you wouldn't believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. but we're doing it with God. Yeah. We're doing it because it's our responsibility, and we're doing we're doing it with him. Because mm-hmm. we can't, we literally cannot do this without him. Oh yeah, you cannot change anybody without him. You cannot shift. You cannot give them the revelation that God gives them. You can't, because if we did it without him, there would be no Bible. There would be no mm-hmm. Word of God. <laughs> you know, yeah. what I'm saying that that's us doing it without him. That's us just trying to teach them about whatever. That would be a doctrine of yeah. devils. That would be a doctrine of devils yeah. if we did it without God. Yeah. Plenty of that out there. Yeah, and then it kind of reminds me of the, the story where the guys were trying to cast a demon out of that guy. He's like, we, you know, we we cast you out in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. So they didn't they didn't have the relationship for themselves, and then the demon yeah. says, "Well, well, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but yeah. who are you? You got no authority, man. Yeah. You know, so you got to you got to do it, got to do it with him. And in order for you to do it with him, you have to listen to him, obey him. Amen. You know, you can't just have it your way." can't yeah you can't choose your relationship but you don't do it your way you have to do it the way god is instructing you to do it because mm-hmm. that's that's the with god part you know that's yeah. you know because if you're doing it for god you're going to do it your way and your way or the highway you mm-hmm. know and that's your own doctrine at that point so and that's not what you're teaching you're not teaching your own doctrine you're teaching god's gospel god's promise yeah and, and developing relationship with his people. Yeah. Enter King Saul, doing it his way. Kind of obeyed, but kind of <laughs> didn't. Oh, boy. Sorry, I'm stuck on Saul for some his, reason. That was his downfall. Obedience, man. Obedience. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that's, that'll be a whole nother episode, guys. <laughs> okay. And then he continued to disobey by not properly repenting either. If he would have just properly repented the first time, everything probably would have been cool, to be honest. I mean, probably a little bit of punishment, but... Probably nowhere near as much. Yeah. I don't think, at least. No, probably, probably not. Well, so, I mean, we see it with David, where yeah, you know, he he admits guilt. He, you know, I and I alone have sinned against the uh, actually laying it out in repentance. Right, and kind of the transition here, exactly what we're talking about uh, relates to what Paul said in First Corinthians nine and twenty seven. It says, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, mm-hmm. lest that by any means, when I have preached to the others, I myself should be a castaway. So he's saying, I, I'm going to do this with God. So whatever I speak, I understand that's coming from God. That's revelation from God. So whatever I speak, I'm also going to apply that to myself. I'm not going to limit myself to what God is saying through me. I'm going to ask a question on behalf of other people. What if I'm an introvert? Yeah, well, I'm an extrovert, so I on well. I, I think all three of us are. <laughs> yeah. We are. I actually, when I was younger, I was actually more introvert characteristics. Mm-hmm. But as I grew up, I became extrovert. I actually asked my dad a long time ago because I said, "Dad, I want to be more extra. I want to be like you know where I can go meet people, where I'm you know I'm charismatic." And I was younger; I was like ten years old, and I said because. You know, being a pastor's kid, you're you constantly meeting new people, like, every day. So it's like you go shake their hand, and I'd get this horrible feeling, in, like, in my chest. Like, it's, uh, like I'd be so scared, terrified of just shaking someone's hand and saying, hey, what's up? Or, you know, 
And he, I asked him, how did you, how did you become, you know, how are you, how do I do it? How do I become an extrovert? He said, well, I used to be an introvert. And I said, you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> he said, no, I actually was. I was actually an introvert. He said, and, hang on, this is a conversation you had with your dad? Yeah, with my dad. Oh, my dad. Okay. <laughs> Shane Lejean. Okay. Rock, Pastor Rock Church That's Justin funny. said, I was an introvert. And I said, you're lying. <laughs> That is so but I was 10 years old and I repented. So, I mean, I'm good now. But <laughs> anyway, he, uh, he said, yeah, I was. I was an introvert. And so I said, okay, well, then how did you get over it? How did you get past that? And he said, that's the easiest question I've ever gotten. I said, what was it? He said, worship. Huh. Yeah. And I was like, I found, I found that so interesting because, you know, we don't talk about worship as a part of getting out there. You know, on that side of it, we always talk about worship. Okay, you're praising God, you know. But he said, no, when I started becoming more physical, when I started actually showing and, and displaying and, and you know, presenting myself to God, you know, being a sacrifice, he said. And as I started being more uh, transparent even with God in my worship, I found myself being more transparent with people. I started finding myself being more outgoing to people because I was more out being out more outgoing with my worship and outgoing to God. So he said, I really was putting myself out there to God. And as I was doing that, God was giving me the, the knowledge and, and t training me on how to become an extrovert. So when people ask me all the time, I get this question a lot, like, what's your greatest advice, Landon? Like, what, what, what would you say is, you know, the best thing for me to do? I was like, well, I would always say, well, are you an extrovert? And they'll say, you know, yes or no. <laughs> and if they say yes, I'll say, okay, learn to be an introvert. And it's the opposite way. You know, if they say, I I'm an introvert, I say, okay, you need to learn to be an extrovert. Yeah. So because you're going to reach people that are both. You're going to reach people who are extrovert, people who are introvert. And uh, I've recently, actually recently I was talking with somebody and I was, I began to study out the difference, you know, introvert and extrovert. And I realized when two introverts get together in a conversation, one of them automatically becomes more extrovert. And it's the same exact thing with two extroverts getting together with a conversation. They're going to become one of them's going to become more dominant, more extrovert. The other one's become more introvert. Yeah, one of, one of them's bound to be a bigger personality. Right. I don't know. I think all three of us are pretty loud, and yeah. <laughs> we, we all, all talk with each other. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta get that from our pastor. You know? <laughs> we might. Uh, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> You're gonna stand on that statement alone. <laughs> well, I do. I know. I do at least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> out of my submission to my pastor i get it yeah. anyway but it's the same <laughs> thing with man. even an extrovert and an introvert having a conversation together the extrovert will automatically become more you know dominant unless he gives the introvert a chance to talk a chance to talk <laughs> basically so that's why i always say okay if you're an extrovert be an introvert if you're an introvert learn to be an extrovert you know yeah, yeah so that's my advice on that i'll just take my marriage for example my wife is Probably the quietest person I've ever met in my life. Of course, until she got around me more because she came out of her shell a good bit. Um, but even still, like, she's very quiet, very just kind of keeps to herself. And I'm loud, I'm boisterous, uh, just off the wall sometimes, just kind of just, you know, just always running circles around. Uh, other people just because of how much energy I, I usually have it doesn't seem like it because I'm trying to stay well behaved on, for the for the <laughs> show but uh like but like spending like spending quality time with my wife like 
sometimes I'm, just my personality is a little too much for her to handle. So sometimes I have to give her, I have to make sure I give her her space because otherwise she might want to kill me at the end of the day. And that's not healthy for any marriage. Okay. Yeah, no, uh, we, 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 uh, we, we learn very quickly to, uh, she, she tells me whenever I'm, I'm being too much and I'm like, okay, cool. I'll chill out then. Nice. Some marriage yeah. counseling with brother Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. What do you think? Like, you know, introvert come, an introvert comes up, asks you, like, okay, how do I do this? How do I do this? So, when, what would you say? Or, like, how would you give that advice? Well, you, you can still be used by God. Mm-hmm. Doesn't doesn't matter, honestly. Yeah. You I, know. I would first address what their definition of introvert is, because if they're just scared to talk to people, that's not what an introvert is. You're yeah. that's just the spirit of fear, and you need to reject that. You need to rebuke mm-hmm. that in Jesus' name, and 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 work on your relationships um but introvert just means you thrive more on one-on-one or smaller groups extrovert means like you know i you enjoy getting up and performing or you like the you like the attention you like having people around you you like having a crowd usually Mm -hmm. like you you just you like having fun you like just hanging out with the guys and stuff yeah that's me (laughs) like I, i can stay out all night just you know doing like our like our bible study sessions sometimes they get a little long or just like hanging out with everybody from church like i I could go until uh, all the restaurants close and but uh, yeah that's that's not realistic because people have to go to sleep and work (laughs) (laughs) yeah we can't all be like you tyler yeah Yeah. i'm sorry i don't don't sleep stay up for the rest of our lives yeah Yeah. he's practically living eternity right now guys (laughs) (laughs) But really for me, when I actually started, okay, I actually start actually doing worship and stuff and actually becoming more extrovertish, God would begin to mature me as a person so that when I would have those one-on-one conversations that I was more comfortable with, I could give, you know, more revel- more advice from God rather than just my personal doctrine, per se, right? Yeah. You know, and and so... When you're learning to be something, you know, and, and mold yourself to something, like the beginning of Corinthians 9, it starts at 19, goes to 27, but that's what Paul is saying. He's saying, become all things to all people. So if you're if you're reaching an introvert, be an introvert, okay? If you're reaching an extrovert, learn to be an extrovert, okay? you got to prepare for that in advance. And, and that also – and as you're doing that, God is going to mature your, your personality, your relationship with him and – it's all gonna it's all gonna be a package deal basically yeah and, and uh, another thing with working with the youth class I, I don't do that whole the whole podium mess when when teaching the youth class I set everyone in a circle that was it feels like more if it's a discussion I want them to feel like they can well I, I don't you know feeling about it. I make y'all talk um, <laughs> like all well, we have the liberty to do that yeah 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 uh, I make sure I go around the room because I, I know good and well there's introverts and there's extroverts in, in the classroom. There, and there's those that have confidence already built into them and there's those that don't have a single drop of it. So I make sure I go around the room because as, as the youth pastor, it's my job to make sure they understand the word of God and they're also processing it and you know have an idea of how to apply it in their life, whatever lesson we're talking on. Exactly. Uh, making sure that I make them think about it and also make this statement on how they're applying, how they're going to apply it. Like whenever I was, we were just having a really basic lesson about teaching Bible studies and whether or not we were doing them. 
excuse me, um, and I ask, you know, who are you going to teach a Bible study to? Who is someone that you know right now that you can go teach a Bible study to? Especially if God's placed them on your heart and you just haven't done it yet. I mean, Already. every single one of y'all go around the room <laughs> and answer that question. I, and I even, I even said, because a couple of the students had a hard time answering the question. I was like, you got a mom and dad? You know, practice on them. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, your parents need to know this too, guys. <laughs> yeah, if they don't already. <laughs> yeah. Or right. even if they do. I mean, they need e- it again. E- okay. Even if they do, I mean, teach them a Bible study. They, uh, if, listen, especially if you're a youth listening to this, if your parents bring you to the church, that means they believe in it and they want you to believe in it as well. Uh, you would be hard. I, I think you would be hard-pressed to find a parent that has taken their kid to church that wouldn't want their kid to teach them a Bible study. Amen. All right. Uh, don't, don't be scared to teach your parents a Bible study, especially whenever you're first learning how to do it. Just get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Any way you can just break the ice into getting it, which is what you and me did with, uh, with uh, some of the kids in our youth class. We just had them teach the Bible study that, that I've been teaching uh, at one of our family's house. And you know, it wasn't really any, new people in the bible study it was just you know you know me and tyler and the a family their family there. yeah yeah a you know their own family yeah you know and and that's totally fine it was it's their first one they just needed to kind of get into it a little bit and i think it helped them a lot they one of them, or one or two of them started preaching a little bit too i, I know that uh, all, all three of them had some some preaching moments yeah, and i was like oh man let's go <laughs> <laughs> you know so the gift that they have is there man the anointing is there is you know, sometimes you just got to just develop. You just got to get it flowing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a it's a process uh, to be sure. You know, and I think, you know, the key thing to being used by God in any capacity, but uh, is, is really just being humble, you know. And and if humility is not like, oh, God, I, I, I can't do that, like, you know, it's like no, that's not it's not really humility, or or oh God, I I, I I can never do that. You can't use me like that. It's like it's also not biblically true. Yeah, it's not bil- Yeah, it's not true. It's a lie, and that's pride. Yeah, yeah. You know, pride or shame is just pride wearing a mask. Yeah. You know, people think pride and shame are the opposite, but but really, pride is the source. To, to tell God, shame, you really. can't use me in this because of what I've done, because of mm-hmm. how I've screwed something up, or how you know. I'm of this personality. You know, that, that is absolutely pride talking. Whether, whether you want to believe that or not, that that is pride yeah. speaking out more. Ne- but it, I mean, yeah, it's uh, making it about yourself. It's pride. Yeah, making it about, about yourself. Yourself. It's but it's a still selfish pride. nature. Selfish nature. Yeah. Um. And <laughs> <laughs> sorry, we've it's been waiting okay. for that legendary yeah, moment. <laughs> so. In this passage of First Corinthians nine nineteen through twenty seven, go study it out. But really, there's a lot of things that you're going to read in there and realize there's going to be a lot of people you're going to teach. Paul is basically saying, okay, to the for example, he says, okay, to the unlawful become unlawful. In a way, if you're under the law, teach you know those who are under the law become under the law, and even the other way, he said, okay, those who aren't under the law become out of you know kind of. Get out of that. So there's going to be things Paul is saying, basically. You're, there's going to be places where you're not comfortable. You're not going to be comfortable. But it's your obligation to do that. 
Because at the end of the day, whether they're in the law, they're out of the law, they're they're loved, they're not, they're in the church or not. Yeah, there was actually one place. Um, it was in Boyd, or a little south of Boyd. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I feel like most people would probably not be comfortable there, um, because I mean, we I was there with a buddy of mine, and he told me there was a couple of guys there that you know needed to hear the word of God. So I was just there encouraging them. But dude, there's some guys I eyeing me down that you know like. This guy might stab me, <laughs> like no, like no, no Joe. Like I, I say, uh, you know, kind of say with a little smirk on my face, but like seriously though, mm-hmm. you might find yourself in some uh, spots that you would never imagine putting yourself there yeah. <laughs> on purpose, <At> all. <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> but you know, God's like, hey, these people need it too. So I'm like, oh, okay, everybody let, needs let's, it. Let's let's go get it. Yeah. So I flat out told those guys, I was like, look, <clears throat> I, I, I'm not, I, I really don't care what all you've done. I don't care what crimes you commit. I don't care how many years you just served in, at, in state. Uh, there's a creek out back. If you receive the, if you receive the word of God right now, we, I go baptize you right now. Of course I didn't, they, they didn't jump on it in that moment. Yeah. But uh, I plan on going back down there and, baptizing some people old country style in a pond or a creek out out there right praise god <laughs> uh, rednecking we, it yeah we, <laughs> we're, gonna red, we're gonna redneck a couple services down there dude i'm, I'm fine with it i amen. can't wait amen so hopefully we don't get bit by no alligator snapping turtles or anything just <laughs> god be with us whenever we get in that <laughs> right. water down there lord i pray hedge of protection <laughs> Gonna need it down there, not not even because of the people, but because yeah. of the animals down there in the water. <laughs> Sorry, I, I didn't mean to completely derail that. No, that was hilarious. Oh, <laughs> oh man! Wherever oh. God puts you, man, you got you got to be able to operate in whatever environment God sticks. Exactly, you in. submit to where you're at. So Paul was saying, it doesn't matter, you know, become that thing because it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you're not battling that. You're not battling people who are under the law. You're not battling that. You're battling. Sinful nature. That is what soul winning is. You're taking someone's sinful nature and you're taking salvation. You're applying the word and the fruits of the spirit. And you're applying that and you're trained, they're, You're changing their entire nature. It's called, it's basically the new birth. That's what it is. So you're completely renewing their life, bringing value to them and saying, hey, well, not bringing value to them. I'm sorry, wrong wording, but just saying, hey. This is what you were made for. Mm-hmm. This is what you are made to do. Mm-hmm. This is your purpose. And you're giving them purpose. It's still value, but you're giving them purpose and value. You're giving them. Someone told me one time, when you give purpose to value, you're giving the price tag, basically. You're giving them the, basically, you're putting the price tag on it. So that's what it is. But sinful nature, if I, if, if I have liberty to dig into that. Yeah, yeah okay. Sinful nature, the... Uh, Basically, sinful nature is the works of the flesh. And I, I'm going to go ahead and say this. The reason I'm going into depths of this and the fruits of the Spirit is because, again, this is what you're dealing with when you're soul winning. This is the reaching part. You're, this is what you're going to deal with. This is what you're going to face. So I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to go through this a little bit if I have the liberty. So sinful nature is the works of the flesh. Okay? Plain and simple. That's the simple definition. Definition. Nature 
is the basic or inheritance features of something, especially when seen as characteristic of it. So basically the environment. So you're dealing with people who have set ways, who have set growth, who have set, you know, routines and everything. And you're what you're doing is you're changing that. You're shifting that to to uh, worship God. You're changing all you're changing the nature of them. So only the fruit of the spirit can uproot sinful nature. At the end of the day, that's the only thing that can do it. You give them salvation. Through salvation, they receive the Spirit. Out of the Spirit, they receive the fruits of the Spirit, what comes from the Spirit, what grows out of the Spirit. So your sinful nature is not completely changed until the you the fruits of the Spirit take over. Okay? So when you change the nature of something, it can only be changed by taking a foreign seed or a foreign substance and planting it into the foundation of it. Right, they're taking the, the foundation and you're changing and it has to be in the foundation. So you have to hit people when you're teaching them this gospel, you gotta plant something in them that it's in the foundation, it's in the roots. Going back to the spirit man connection. You're 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 awakening something in them that was long formed in them. You're making that connection with people. So you take that seed and as you when you play that put that seed in that foreign substance, you plant it in the foundation, that seed grows into a tree the spirit and then it produces fruit and it change as and as that produces fruit then your technique that you've basically changed the nature of the environment mm -hmm. so that you can take a lemon farm and plant an orange tree there and you have changed the nature of the lemon it's no longer a lemon farm it is a it's i don't know it's another it's not can i jump in yeah go ahead you ain't gonna like this oh all right Go ahead. <laughs> okay. So, uh, especially when dealing with changing uh, the earth, the soil, the condition, your growing conditions, uh, changing the quality of the soil, right? There you go. So, where I'm at. Gosh, I know where you're he, going with he, this. Yeah, yeah, he hates us. So, hang on, hang on. This is good. I just had a milkshake, bro. It's chill like, out, chill out. It's fine. So, like, where I'm at, uh, where my property is. There's a lot of clay, and the only thing you growing out there is going to be hay, all right? So one of the things I can do to change my soil quality is composting, and I've got a worm farm that Landon hates. He cannot stand looking at him, so I send him pictures of those worms all the time. <laughs> or if he starts texting me, I'm like, okay, I'm done with this conversation. Just send him a picture of a ball, a handful of worms. <laughs> but, dude, listen to me, though. <clears throat> Taking that compost, these things that are that have died away, these uh, living organic matter that has died away and has been transformed into something that can then be Amen. used Amen. to change the quality of the soil and bring new life and new growth into uh, in an environment. You can change the the soil. You can change uh, whether or not your heart receives Amen. that seed that is planted there. Amen. You don't have to live with your fallen nature you don't have to live with that and that's what you're telling people your soul when you say hey you don't have to be the bad person you don't have to you can be you can have purpose you can have a a, a reason to live you can have that and that's what you're doing you're changing the nature of their whole perspective mm -hmm. and you do that with the fruit when the fruit is produced that's when the nature is changed not when the tree is planted not when it gives leaves not when it's big and grown when it has fruit that's when it's changed and keep in mind too um, especially whenever dealing with new converts, 
uh, not to be beaten up on them because they're not producing fruit in what you think Amen. is the correct season because it does take time for uh, seedlings to grow into something that can bear fruit and support that fruit. And then once you start seeing those first fruits, you, you can inside of that fruit, and then we talked about this outside before we came in, whenever that, that, that fruit is finally there, that those, even with the first fruits, you, you start seeing seeds. You start seeing uh, the ability to start multiplying, multiplying uh, the efforts of their ministry and your ministry, which is actually something I, I like to make sure I pray over, especially even in dealing with, uh, with tithing and offering uh, at church. I, I, I have a tendency to, to pray, you know, take – take this and you know multiply the efforts of the ministries that it's connected to because our, our church supports Amen. ministry uh, missionaries and evangelists so uh, making sure you know praying that uh, that it's a seed that it's something that can help multiply the efforts of those ministries because uh, as we send our support and we help uh, new life being grown there and those seeds and you know those fruits are more and more abundant uh, it makes it easier for them to grow and not have to worry about the money side of things. Just focus on Amen. just focus on uh, allowing the anointing to flow, uh, then taking those uh, those fruits and uh, multiplying uh, new ministries and, and and helping just helping others grow. The development, yeah, the development, yeah. But there is digging into fruit because, as you mentioned, as I mentioned. Fruit is the is what changes the nature. That's how it's represented. When you see that fruit there, that's how you know that something has changed, right? There's two kinds of fruit, though. There's real fruit, and then there's fake fruit, manufactured. And I use that word on purpose, man-u-factured. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Where's my organ player at? I need... <laughs> I just need to have a <laughs> mini MIDI keyboard up Dude, here. Dude, you just need it. That's like it. Yeah. Just <laughs> That's what I just need Leslie, to do. Turn up that Leslie, brother. Turn up that Leslie, brother. I might start doing it. Can I do that next episode? Yes. Sure. Please. <laughs> Let's go. Please. It's official. It. We're will getting fit, an organ in here. Will it fit in the next episode? It, yes, huh? it will. Will it fit in the next yes. episode? You think it will? Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. We will make room. <laughs> no, You I can put an fit. organ behind anything and make oh, it sound okay. good. Okay. That is true. You can say anything in a preacher voice and have an organ behind it. Woo! Can't tell the difference. I'm just kidding. <laughs> come on, somebody. <laughs> yeah, and especially when you put the come on. Somebody. <laughs> okay, no, let's, totally kidding. Yeah. Totally Lord kidding. forgive us. Back to soul winning. <laughs> okay, to have a little fun. Yeah. Oh man. So let's dig into fake fruit. Because this is very important. Because when you're soul winning, you cannot present fake fruit. People recognize fake right off the bat. People recognize agenda right off the bat. Especially demons. Especially demons. There's always an agenda to a demon. Fun fact. That's how you tell the difference between them. But in a way. In a way. Somewhere. I mean, they both kind of have a mission to accomplish. They have a mission. But There you go. Agenda, mission. Fake. Manufactured. I, when I looked it up, I saw this word and I highlighted it. Forced. Forced, controlled, man-made. So you can't just decide. So if someone tells you, "Hey, you should be more loving," or no, you know, if someone giving you, you know, a word of knowledge, "Hey, you, you, you could be more loving. You, you could use that." You can't just decide. Okay, I'll be more loving. Because that's not just you. 
through your that's that's just I'm sorry that's just you through your flesh forcing yourself to be loving being nice that's what it is mm-hmm. and being nice all being nice is is an ineffectual way of showing kindness which is a fruit of the spirit you can't kill works of the flesh with good intentions you can want to be loving but through your flesh if you are you if you're being more loving and being nice through your flesh you're just adding on to that sinful nature mm-hmm. good intent good intentions what they are basically they're just better versions of the same works of the flesh a more acceptable version come on preach being nice is a more acceptable version, but it's still a work of your flesh because you're still doing it through it's your, your own righteousness. It's your own righteousness. And that is filthy rags. That's pride. So your exceptional discipline and your great willpower are fake fruit. Mm-hmm. Discipline is actually fruit of the spirit, but you're when you know I mean in your through the flesh, I mean. Because if that's how you beat your sinful nature, then you get the glory. You can overcome sinful behavior, behaviors and desires with willpower, but that's the difference between defeating. That's like take that's like taking an axe to a tree versus a whole forest, right? But then even that, when you do that, you're still saying, "Hey, I did this." So then that's, and so that creates that just adds on to the sinful nature inevitably, with a more acceptable version, which is pride. Pride is very hard to discern. It's one of the hardest things to discern. Mm-hmm. Like we were saying other, the other day, some people, I mean, I'm sorry, not the other day, but a few minutes ago. Sorry, guys. But we were saying shame, that's also pride. Mm-hmm. You know, that there are different sides to pride that are acceptable. Mm-hmm. <coughs> They're acceptable. And that's fake fruit because it's still a part of your, your sinful nature. When yeah. you produce fake fruit, you're just producing fruit through your sinful nature. Yeah. And you cannot s- deliver the gospel with this fake fruit. You cannot deliver the gospel in pride. You cannot yep. deliver the gospel just being nice and being fake. Mm-hmm. People un- understand that. It just they, they recognize that. Because everything, people don't want a fake version of you. They don't want a fake a person. They, don't, they want a real connection. They want a real word of God. They want a real, they want something real. Because that's only where foundation is, is something real. Not something fake or imaginary or wondrous. That's where you get I- ideologies from is when you start imagining things. Yeah. Yeah, and since since our flesh, since our bodies aren't pure, you know, developing, you know, the fruits, developing good fruit, it has to come from a, another source yeah. that is pure. And it made me think of James 3 and 17, but the wisdom that is from above, yeah. that's the source we need to get it from, Amen. is pure and peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy so it's not fake amen everything about it is real it's good it's full of mercy it's peaceful and it's pure so i mean this flesh is not pure in any way shape or form it was before we sinned but you know eh, too bad that (laughs) (laughs) so it's got to come from somewhere else and it it can't come from us yeah that's a foreign element that's a foreign substance coming in so so god's got to come down and it, it has to come from him you know especially when you're talking about you know like showing love to people you know, like, well, God is love. Right, exactly. <laughs> you yeah. can't love without God. Yeah. <laughs> to know God is to know love. You, you know, if you can't show real love to someone without 
like having God, having a hold of God, having Him inside of you. Because real love, true love, is completely unconditional. You know, I mean, it it, it really is. You know, I mean, even though while we are still yet sinners, you know, Christ died for us. You know, or or Jesus right. said, um, gave yeah, life. or gave yeah, He yeah. gave His life, and or or Jesus said, there's no greater love than a man would lay down his life for his for his friends. You know, right. so even though we were sinners, you know, unclean and aside, or when Adam and Eve sinned, you know, he, you know, he still made a way for them to, uh, uh, to be forgiven, you know, that's right. So right them, giving them what they really deserve. And that's what yeah. you're teaching. Yeah. The promise of redemption mm-hmm. from what we are sinful nature. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and Jesus, you know, and, and Jesus tells us that, you know, it's not enough to just love those who, who, who we already love, you know, it's we have to love our enemies. Now we have to pray for those who despitefully use you and abuse you. That's true love because it's unco- it's so easy to love someone you already get along with. Like it's you know it's that that requires nothing of you. It really doesn't. But to love someone that hates you, despises you, abuses you, yeah, you know, just like the apostles, they had to go they had to go through that. They had to. Uh, they had to go through people beating them and killing them. But, you know, you look at Stephen, and I know I probably already mentioned this in, like, the last episode or the intro episode. I can't remember. But his dying words was forgiving them. Jesus, while he was getting beaten, facing the worst torture that any man has ever faced on planet Earth, uh, he's sitting there saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And you yeah. see so many great examples of, of uh, the apostles in the Bible. Just or forgiving the ones that who who mistreated them and beat them senseless. They just all they really cared about is just getting the gospel to them, right? It's all, and just showing them love because they understood like that's another soul right there. It doesn't matter what they look like or if they're different than me or if they hate me. It doesn't matter, you know. It, it's all about loving them because they're another soul that needs to hear the truth so that way they don't spend eternity in hell. You can't defeat sin through the flesh. They're partners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're, they're on the same team. They're on the same page. They're on the same, they have the same agenda, same goal. So if you do it, if you defeat your sinful nature, you get the glory. That's pride. But if God does it, like you said, if God does it, glory to God, which is praise. And that is when we get the song of the redeemed. When God has fully changed our nature, we've become redeemed, and that's the praise because God gets the glory for it. That's what right. the song of right. redeemed is. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about real fruit. You want to talk about fake fruit in the in the in the grocery stores? Stuff that's out of season, dude. That stuff is forced. Talk about really yeah. forced. Some of the stuff, like I, I know I'm talking about like literal physical fruit, but it applies because I mean. I think it's like apples or whatever like they put this weird coating on it and you're supposed to wash it off yeah uh, sometimes you you don't but that that ain't natural dude some of the stuff that yeah, i mean that means that, yeah uh, and uh, especially with some of these farms <clears throat> um uh, I'm, I'm different tangent rant i'm not gonna go on um <laughs> no more they, editing they, james <laughs> i mean they're they're they're, they're spraying 
all of this junk on it. I mean, there ain't nothing natural about it. And you're putting that mess in your body. The same thing. Like if you're forcing yourself, like if you're forcing yeah. these things down, trying to make yourself look holy and righteous um, without, you know, actually knowing God or denying the power thereof. I mean, it's the same thing. It's basically uh, d- dumping your spirit in a chemical bath and making it as fake as possible. That's what dude, that's what some of that fruit is. It, like it's just like chicken. No, I just love the analogy. The, the, <laughs> that the, awesome? the, like yeah. chicken, chicken in the store. A lot of the chicken that you buy in the stores is bleached before you eat it. Yeah. Yay! Don't throw up. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah. Sa- same thing with some of the stuff we put in, in our, into our spirit. Like that yeah. stuff is just disgusting, and it's going to kill you right. over time. It's forced. It's yeah. fake. It's forced. It is. In other words, they're basically giving it a presentation. They're forcing it to look like forcing the growth inevitably. Yeah. You are taking forced growth and you're consuming. You can see the disgust growing on your face as you're talking about this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's like it's like eating like a bunch of fast food and like junk food, but like and then like going (laughs) and then going to the gym, trying to go to the gym a lot. It's like okay, cool. I mean, like. You're going to the gym a lot, like you're working out. You're putting like the wrong food in garbage your body. nutrients. Which, yeah. hey, by the way, I'm guilty of eating like trash, but then going to the gym. <laughs> That's why I look like it's this. It's okay. Right we're now. we're we're preaching to ourselves here. But it, it's like it's, Paul said. <laughs> but people do it with church, man. Like they they go to church, and man, when they go to church, they'll they'll pray through. They'll yeah. man, they'll fight stuff, but then they go back to consuming the same stuff mm-hmm. that they already were. So like, it, it there's got to be a change of what you're consuming, you know, because in right. the world of fitness, they say it's 80% of what you consume, 20%, mm-hmm. or right, 80% your diet, 20% of what you actually do in the gym, in the gym. And you can do all the work you want. To. You can, they, they always say you can never outwork a bad diet. And that's true. You can. The Bible says exercise profit is little. That's kind of taken out of context. Gosh. It's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking, I'm doing that. That's an joke. excuse for not going to the gym, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, sorry, yeah. Landon. Go, go back to your point. So, uh, <laughs> basically, we're talking about this again. I'm just reiterating this point. This is you developing your relationship with God, and developing and how you reach people and how you know preparing yourself. This is what you're doing. You're preparing yourself, okay? Because you don't want to be a Pharisee, and we're about to get into that after we talk about real, fr- real fruit. And we actually are about to get into that. That's very important when it comes to reaching people. But real fruit, real spiritual fruit, it's not you. Bottom line, it's not you. It's not forced. It's not a decision you make to be more loving. It's not a decision you make to be more gentle. It's not of you. Like, we'll go back to that example. If you hear that you need to be, you know, more loving or more gentle or more peaceful or you need more, you know, kindness, and you recognize that's not in you. It's not in you to be more loving. It's not in you to be gentle. It's not a part of you. So you say, okay, it's something that has to be planted, something that has to be birthed in my in me, in my spirit. So that's when you begin, okay, number one, that's when you begin to study the Bible, which is the seed. That's God. That's the word. The word of God is the seed. Jesus is the word of God. So that's Jesus and the word of God, the Bible. Jesus and the Bible. That's the seed part, okay? Prayer and worship, we referenced worship earlier. Prayer and worship, that's breaking up the ground. That's preparing the ground like Tyler was talking about with the wor- the worms. The worm farm. Composting. The that's composting. Okay. Preparing the soil. Preparing having, the soil. Healthy soil, yeah. You're, you're preparing the soil. You're, that's uh, decom- 
Nah, 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 nah. Decomposing, breaking down. It's all, all, old, old dead things that break down. It gener- generates new life for, for healthy soil. Exactly. So you're preparing the ground. That's prayer. That's prayer and worship. Okay, so you got the Bible, which is the seed, or Jesus, and and Jesus, sorry. Bible and Jesus is the seed. Prayer and worship, breaking the ground, preparing the ground. That's very important. And then number three is the presence of God. The presence of God represents, okay, that's the sun, that's the water, that's the, that's, that's the nurturing part of the seed. And you said earlier, you know, we're not, you know, in, in, in the vein of us not forcing the fruit. I, I always like to go back to this uh, passage, and that's in John 15. I'll, I'll just read verse 5. I am the vine, ye, the branch, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. Right. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's with God again, guys. That's, yeah, that's, that's talking about with, with God, God again. And that's what real fruit is. That's God. That's with God. That is him planting something in you. That's the yeah. birthing. That's the seed is with God. And then that's, again, that's the presence of God as well. That's the presence of God, the nurturing of the seed. So eventually that seed's going to start growing as you're preparing the ground, as God is nurturing, as you're getting into his presence, as you're praying, as you're reading the word. Eventually that gives God, as God gives the increase, we talked about forcing it a minute ago, making it look like it's ready. When God gives the increase, okay, and then that seed becomes the tree. And from that tree produces the fruit. But in that fruit, and then the fruit will fall. Mm-hmm. This is the key part. The fruit's going to fall. And you talk about multiplying. The fruit's going to fall, and then that fruit has a seed. So then when that, that fruit goes through a decomposing, a death, a also a, a symbol of the burial, yep. then that seed comes out. And then it can be, and then if you keep preparing the ground, if you keep praying and worshiping and getting in his presence and keep reading the word, that seed is going to fall on good ground, mm-hmm. not stony ground, not by the wayside, not thorny ground. It's going to fall and it's going to be nurtured by, and you stay in God's presence. It's going to be nurtured and then it's going to grow and then it's going to produce fruit. And the same thing's going to happen. And eventually it's going to take over the, your entire nature, it can take over the entire forest and you've become redeemed. Then you've produced the fruit of the spirit and my whole what i mean by all of this it has to be natural the fruit of the spirit cannot be forced man-made decided it has Mm -hmm. to be something that naturally comes out of you you have to naturally be loving naturally be gentle naturally have peace naturally have kindness and gentleness Mm -hmm. and temperance and, and discipline you cannot force it it's not something that just happens it has to develop it has to grow in you it has to naturally come out so when you're teaching people you have to naturally plant those seeds you have to naturally you cannot force it you cannot you know make it happen you have to let god give the increase you have to naturally do it he has to it has to be natural that's that's the whole key of the of this whole kind of side trail that i'm going on right now and and but i mentioned pharisees if y'all want to jump in y'all i'll give y'all before you go to this topic uh, if you also like if you prune something too early if you prune it wrong you can kill it too you can cause wounds that can cause a a mighty oak tree to corrode and die from the inside as well and it'll become fragile and chip away limbs and branches will just fall off and shatter right yeah Yeah. and sorry i forgot to mention also you mentioned earlier we were talking about we were kind of discussing this. You mentioned grafting. 
Okay, that's how I just put it together. That's how you put take love and uh, and you graft in kindness. You graft in gentleness. So out of that tree that's growing love, you're grafting in those and then it produces fruit of kindness and gentleness and then it falls and the same the same process happens. So that's the grafting part it talks about in the Bible is when you're taking that and you're applying it to something else. Okay. If y'all want to dig that deep in, into that, you can go look through the scripture and you'll see what I'm talking about. But Pharisee, this is very key. When you're reaching people, you should not be a Pharisee. You should not be fake. You should not be for, you not force it. Mm-hmm. If you don't continue your prayer and worship, then the ground is not prepared. If you don't continue your prayer and worship, you don't daily get in his presence, there's no nurturing. If you don't daily pray, if you don't daily worship God, there's no preparing the ground. There's no worms. There's no, <laughs> there's no worms. There's no, you know, it becomes crusted over. It becomes thorny. It becomes shallow and unable to receive. So then that fruit is going to fall, and then it's going to there's going to be a decomposing as well as we talked. So then you're, it's falling and that seed cannot be received because you did not prepare the ground. So if you don't prepare the ground, it's not planted in you. You did not receive it. And to go back to the, the disgusting, um, (laughs) cycles of composting, just there, 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 there are, there's two major ways that I, 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 you know, you can compost this. Yeah. Just keep it simple. Aerobic, which means there's air, flowing through it um oxygen air is present in the system it has a fresh earthy smell usable you can use it, it smells good and then there's anaerobic which is putrid <laughs> there's no air and they attract different bacteria they attract different kinds of life uh to help break it down and anaerobic dear lord you can you can tell and you can smell it from a mile away whenever something is decomposing in that in, in that in that uh, in that fashion yeah so the seed does not fall on good ground anymore so that means it's unable to receive so you have all of this seed you got all of this word of god but it's not in you it's not received and that's a pharisee they knew the torah bro they knew it front to back they memorized it yep. and they they did not receive it. You cannot be a Pharisee to people. You cannot perform, show off. You can't take that seed that you didn't receive and throw it at people. It has to be natural. It has to be. You got to give them fruit. You can't throw seeds at them. You got to give them fruit. Let's say it that way. Because then that fruit is the seed, right? So they're full of all this word, but they did not understand it. Otherwise, they would have recognized God. Yeah, they would have. Mm-hmm. So you, it's that's the importance of keeping the ground prepared, keeping it good, keeping it able to receive. That's the importance of prayer. So when you're going into teaching somebody a Bible study, you have to make sure you have to get your breakthrough before you know you you know you can't just get your breakthrough there at the Bible study. You have to make sure you are prepared, you are submitted, you are humbled, you are broken up. You have to have a time of worship, have a time of prayer and get in his presence and get that nurturing going so that you receive it before you teach somebody else because then yeah. it has to be natural. It cannot it has to be something that you know you have to know what you're talking about. 
you have to understand what you're talking about. So the Pharisees had no relationship with God. That's, again, that's the nurturing part. That's God's presence. So that means they still had a sinful nature because the, the seed was not received. The, you know, the trees didn't grow. They didn't, there was no, the nature did not change. That's like having a forest and concrete with a bunch of seeds thrown out there. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, there's, there's an image for you guys. That's what a Pharisee is. And so they still had a sinful nature. And, and I bring this all full circle to that's how Jesus, that's what, when Jesus was teaching, that's all he was battling was sinful nature. So when you go out and you're soul winning and you're reaching people, that's all you're going to battle, mostly. And 99% of the time, you're going to battle sinful nature. And the only way you combat sinful nature, again, is the fruits of the Spirit, the Spirit of God, prayer, worship. Bible and you know and that's how you're going to combat that that's how you're going to work and you're going to hand them that fruit you're going to hand them that fruit and that's how it's going to happen that's how it's going to work that's how it's going to work that's what Jesus was battling people who identified as or looked like and sounded spiritual but still had a sinful nature Mm -hmm. so that means they still operated in the flesh that's the works of the flesh that's the traditions of men Jesus was talking about operating in the flesh the works of the flesh because if you realize Jesus only battled Satan once. Yeah. Only tem- tempted of him once, yeah. Once in his whole life. So so a lot of times we, we say, man, the devil's been really working on me, man. The devil's been really messing with me. And guess what? That's not Satan. Because you ought to be some special mm-hmm. person if Satan is battling you every day when he only battled Jesus once. <laughs> I mean, oh, my yeah. goodness. And it. Really, your flesh is a far greater adversary than Satan could ever hope to be, you know, because you can rebuke a devil and cast him out. You can't really cast this thing out. And if you can, uh, you'd probably die. (laughs) You know, it tells us to flee from stuff like, you know, sexual immorality or to to flee from temptation. You know, I I can't, but I I can't rebuke it. (laughs) You know, you got to run from it or you got to crucify the flesh with 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 satan all you got to do is tell him just you know use the name of jesus tell him to get out but you know but with the flesh i mean i gotta kill this thing i have to drag this thing on the altar and kill it every day satan just like dude just get out of here man jesus name just just, i'm I'm not dealing with you. (laughs) you know really it's it's really not that hard and you know and the Bible. I'd rather battle Satan or a demon in my own yeah. flesh. I mean, the Bible says, you know, these are the signs of them that shall believe, or that believe. They shall cast out devils. Yeah. It's, it's like just Tuesday. Part, part and parcel. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just part of the job It's just Tuesday, man. It's yeah. the job description. It should job be. It should be. And then, uh, obviously, uh, just to remind everybody, uh, we, we don't rejoice that we can cast out devils. We rejoice that our name is written in the, yep. in the Lamb's Book of Life. Oh, yeah. Amen. Casting out devils isn't. The, isn't yeah. the reason why Your we go to church. Your soul is wind. That's how, why you rejoice. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Still we, pretty we, cool, we, though. Yeah, yeah it is kind of <laughs> cool. But. <laughs> but if we can make the tr- the transition, because I know this is going to be a very important part. We I, we I refer to the seeds. All fruit of the Spirit has the seeds. The seeds is what you're sowing, mm-hmm. right, for the harvest. We talk a lot about harvest, but you have to, you reap what you sow. Mm-hmm. You have to sow 
what you want to see. What you want to you want to see a great harvest. You gotta go sow a great harvest. Yeah, you gotta go. You gotta get to work. Right. You better be planting some seeds if you right. plan on if you plan on eating some apples in a couple of years. You 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 might want to plant some apple seeds. I believe it's. Uh, I'm gonna find it real quick. Matthew, Jesus was talking about. I like us if we can take the re- finish up the episode with the parable of Jesus in Matthew 13, 1 through 23. And he's talking about the four different types of ground. Mm-hmm. I think this would be a good way to conclude it because he's talking about the, f- the, the four different types of people you're going to encounter when you're going out and you're, and you're reaching people, right? Um, do you want to you want to read it or do you I think do you think I mean it was Matthew 13, 13 right I have the chapter pulled up right okay, here. Go 20, for it. Go ahead and read it. 1 through 23? 1 through 23. You want to read the whole thing? Well, just read, Yeah, I guess you'll read stop the me. Parable. Just read the parable. Okay. okay. Go ahead. So, parable. <laughs> Matthew 13 uh, verse 1. The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. And great multitudes were gathered together unto him so that he went into a ship and sat and the whole multitude stood on the shore and he spake many things unto them in parables saying behold a sower went forth to sow and when he sowed some seeds fell by the wayside and the fowls came and devoured them up some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth did you want to say something that's the first ground. Sorry, I was holding. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Ground. Stony ground. Okay, and uh, verse six. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground, and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Do you want to keep reading? So there, there was four: stony, thorny, mm-hmm. and good. Good. There's one more, and there one more. There's shallow and the shallow ground. He already covered the shallow because the, the shallow the, the, the root. Okay, he, so he that, already, that's already, the yeah. four. He, he he read. Okay, yeah. yeah. So the stony, no, by the wayside. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When he goes and the the birds come and eat it. Yeah. So that's that's the fourth one. Yeah. So you got stony, thorns. By the wayside, and then the good ground. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was going to point out that the birds was what I was going to focus on. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I mean, just things being devoured before they can uh, be utilized, right? Um, because people go out, go back out to their sinful nature there before they even have time to process the word of God, before they have time to process um, the gift that God's wanting to give them. It's been devoured. Uh, mm-hmm by you know just sinful nature or uh, doctrine of devils or you know whatever whatever it is it takes takes that seed away from them it's it's devoured and taken elsewhere yeah i was gonna ask you guys like because i personally haven't taught many bible studies myself but when y'all have taught bible studies when y'all have reached out to people have you personally encountered either a type or these four types of ground before and Kind of like, how did you guys deal with them, in a way? Yeah. You know, personal, just having a personal touch to it a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
well, the good ground is easy. They they kind of just receive it yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> really quickly. One. And I would say something that helps to win souls much easier, you win the head of the household. You know, of course, it may not be immediate, but it starts to break things a lot faster than if you didn't win the head of the household. Like, like for instance, what's been happening in my Bible studies, uh, this lady that received the Holy Ghost, literally the next day, some of her family members come to church, and it was actually, she got the Holy Ghost right the day before Easter. She has four family members with her come to church, and they they pretty much were all, like, getting really interested and baptized, getting baptized. They weren't quite sure yet, but they wanted to, like, at least have a Bible study over it. And it just so happened that by that week, I was going to start Lesson 8 and Exploring God's Word, which had everything to do with new birth. <laughs> so, you know, wasn't a coincidence by any means. Um, and then... I remember I was just teaching the Bible study, uh, and then and then as I was just going on in the Bible study, one of them asked, like, well, how do you get saved? And I was like, well, that's a great question. Um, don't worry, your answer's coming soon. And then we kind of kept reading down. And once we got to Acts 2.38, I looked at him and said, read it, because there's your answer. And then he read the verse, and he said, all right, I want to be baptized. And then uh, and then another, per- another person in the family said, all right, I want to get baptized now. All right, so there's two out of four. And then another one piped up and said, yeah, I want to get baptized too. <laughs> <laughs> and then the fourth one wasn't quite sure yet, but then by, tom- by tomorrow morning after we had already we were about to start the baptisms, he, he went up to the front and said, hey, I want to get baptized too. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Well>. man. <laughs> <You're>, yes, <laughs> please. Please get baptized. This is exactly what we want. So, so I'd say winning the head of the household is um, – it's uh that's a it's a good i know that doesn't have much to do with the ground maybe no, but still necessarily no. but it it has uh, it, it's so that's like your target i guess yeah yeah well that's a, a, a great place to start anyway yeah it's well it's Prepare that ground it's probably arguably the most effective because with cornelius you know in the scripture it really only talks about how cornelius was seeking god not so much his family i mean they could have been but we know cornelius you know, Cornelius, his prayers came up as a memorial before God. It doesn't say anybody else's. You know, I mean, at least the scripture doesn't tell us that, at least. But it focuses on Cornelius for a reason, because he was the head of the household. And then because he received the word, you know, the rest of his family and everyone else in his house ended up following suit, and they all got the Holy Ghost. And, you know, and they all were, then they all believed, and they all were baptized. Um, so, yeah, so winning the head of the household is a, is a big deal. But, but um. But yeah, I don't tell you when you share any thoughts. I was just gonna go jump on stony ground. Oh yeah, if, yeah, go ahead. If y'all are ready for that one, I mean that we're talking about layers and years and years of mm-hmm. sin, betrayal, uh, unkept promises between you know uh, the rest of mankind, or uh, misunderstanding in God's promise, or uh, not receiving it in their time. You know, just misunderstanding things uh, spiritually. And uh, through all of that sin, that misunderstanding, those betrayals, their heart becomes more and more calloused and it turns, you know, heart of stone, right? Um, which is why, you know, whenever, especially whenever I'm, uh, I, I know I'm dealing with someone with that, that's got a hardened heart, you know, pray for God to soften their heart, right? It's mm-hmm. pretty obvious prayer uh, to break away those those layers of, distrust that have grown and uh, cemented in, in, in their 
in their life and their in, in their spirit to start breaking away because like whenever it comes a stone and whatnot it, it's not you're not doing that with a shovel or by scraping it by your hand you you gotta get a pickaxe out and start busting up some rocks you gotta start breaking uh through those lies and distrust you have to start you have to be able to it takes take some heavier tools to be able to break through rock than just mm-hmm. some dirt yeah yeah, and some and for some people, man, it's a process, like, and that process can be years. I mean, there's there's people in our church, you know, first time they came to the Rock was, well, some of them was before I even got there, but, but, uh, and, you know, and some people can easily chalk it up to, say, oh, you know, they 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 weren't real or whatever, you know, which yeah, just label which, it, which is, you know, it's a ridiculous thing. To ignorant. Say. Yeah, it's ignorant. Sometimes it, I mean, we're dealing with lots, like like you said, man, like. Dealing with trauma, dealing with abandonment, just like real Hurt, issues, pain, like that take a little time for people abuse, to get through, yeah. you know. And especially like if people have been to church before and they've they've been hurt bad by a church, like yeah, it's gonna take them some time to come around, you know. But especially when they come to church and all they feel like is like, oh man, I don't like fit in. I feel like I'm just being judged. And some of the people who are in our church now, who are you know, obviously they overcame that, but that was something that prevented them from getting in this thing sooner was because people just judged them by the ground. So it's in rather than trying to help like, man, let's fix the ground. Yeah. Cause I mean, the parable doesn't say anything about how we can't fix the ground. I mean, you know, that's yeah. what a good farmer is going to do. They're, yeah. they're going to get to work, <laughs> yep. but you know, people, people kind of think, ah, they're, they're not going to receive it or whatever. Right. You know, I, I don't want anything to do with them or whatever. And that just pushes people away. It just makes it worse. But but sometimes it's a process that it kind of has to go through. But if you allow them just to go through that process and be patient with them, yeah. long-suffering, it's a fruit of the Spirit, by the way, <laughs> you know, and, you know, but, and, and there's people in our church. It took them years to come around, but now you look at them now, man, they're incredible men and, and women of God yeah. bearing so much spiritual fruit. I mean, pillars in our church now. You know, I mean, you know, and I'm sure any church has people like that. Like it might have taken them some time to come around, but at the end of the day, at least they did. You know, or with the prodigal son, probably took him a little bit of time to learn a lesson. But hey, he learned the lesson. Yeah. Who cares? They, you know, it takes time. And and people, for people, different people, not everyone's going to grow at the same rate, and they're not always going to grow at the same rate all throughout their life. Right. At least for me, like. When I'm learning something we, new, yeah, sorry, we can no, all good. become a stony ground. We can all become thorny yeah. ground. We can all become by the wayside. We can, there mm-hmm. are times and seasons in our life when we can become that mm-hmm. same thing. Yeah, yeah. Like what I was gonna say, like um, for me, when I'm like learning something new, or or or, or learn, yeah, we're learning something new or working on something new. For me, at first, it's a very slow process. Like I don't get it at all. <laughs> yeah. But then at a certain point for me, something kind of just clicks and boom, I'm just like off to the races, you know. So I don't really know if I should call myself a slow learner or a fast learner. It's a little bit of both. Or sometimes where it's like, okay, it's a pretty steady pace, you know. So sometimes you just go through different phases where, man, you're making progress. Man, everything's just happening. And then sometimes like, oh, my Lord, it's a rut. You know, and there's other times like, okay, man, we're going steady. It's seasons of life, man, seasons of life. And as far as because you you 
sorry, I I, I wasn't <laughs> listening there for a little bit because uh-huh. you you made the point in that parable. It doesn't talk about how to deal with the ground, breaking it up, and whatnot. I'm going way back to Genesis three uh, after they ate the fruit, and unto Adam he said, "Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it." Cursed is, the, cursed is the ground for thy sake, and sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread, till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. <clears throat> like he, he, he's now, because of that sin, uh, those thorns and thistles started to pop up. Mm-hmm. And that's what the thorns are. Mm-hmm. The reason I put this in the outline to begin with for this episode was not only that it applies, but at the time I was studying this parable and around the th- it was about the third or fourth time that I was actually reading it. And God interrupted me and spoke to me and said, I did not give you this parable to judge the ground. He said it was his job to know what was going to receive it. He was the sower. And so I looked at it differently after I read it that time. And I said, wow. He still sowed. He saw that it was thorny ground. He saw that it was stony ground. He saw the birds ready to come take up the seed, but he still sowed. He still cast it out there. So it's not our job to decide who gets this gospel. It's not our job to, to, to determine who gets to receive this. It's not leverage. We shouldn't treat God's gospel and salvation as leverage. It's, well, if you get this thing cleaned up in your life, then I'll give it to you. No, that's not what he's, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, I'm still going to sow. I'm, I know you don't have it all together yet, but I'm still going to give it to you. Because mm-hmm. you, you deserve it. Amen. Amen. It's, it's a part of you to have this. And it's like, you know. If I can take it a little more carnal, I hate going and looking for a restaurant late at night. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, yeah, Cane's is open. That will. I mean, yeah. Well, you can only have Cane's so much. I mean, you know, you only have Cane's so much, right? Anyway, but I hate trying to find a restaurant because, you know, it's like, you know, you get to that nine o'clock mark. Most things are closed, and the things that are open have terrible service and can't really serve you. Okay. <laughs> Preach it, brother. Preach it. Come on. You know, and they you end up waiting. And the hungry aren't fed. God forbid that be the church. God forbid people come to the church. We have to say, oh, oh, I'm sorry. We don't have time to give you this. We don't have a table ready for you. We don't have this. We don't, we can't give give it to you because we don't think you you know you're you deserve it. People, I mean, we 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 haven't we can't you know you you don't matter enough for me to sacrifice the time for me to come up and teach you this. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm going to make you wait for it. I'm going to make you, if you really want it, we get that phrase a lot too. If you, and you know, if they really want it, they'll wait for yeah. it. That's why people are leaving the church right now. Because we have them waiting and sitting them in the, putting them in a, or categorizing them. We're putting them in the corner and saying, oh, well, I'll give it to them when they get this right and they get that right and they, you know, get those thorns out and they start breaking up that, you know, get rid of that stone and, you know, start, you know, not letting it be shallow. No, we can't do that. We, we cannot do that. We, I mean, they're coming hungry. They're already ready. They're ready. To, that's why they're there. They're ready to receive. They're ready to understand it. They're ready to have that in their life. They're not coming because they full. They're full. They're not coming because oh, you know, I'm, my life's pretty good already. You know, I'll just go to church. You know, just you know, you know, as a, as a thing. That's not what they're doing. They're coming because <laughs> they realize there's something wrong in their life. They they need a purpose. They need a, a destiny. Mm-hmm. They need a reason to live. That's why they're coming to the church. They're hungry. They're already ready for it. Yeah. And God forbid we don't serve them. Yeah. It says the servants went and got the people. Yeah, servants. The servants, we have to be servants to this. Yeah, and they didn't decide whether those people were worthy or not, to your point. It, it wasn't, the word worthy really didn't even come up, in, if I'm not mistaken. The king didn't even say someone was worthy or not worthy until they denied the invitation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're not the worthy. The ones that he so invited. The ones that the king invited rejected it. They went about their business and they are, you know decided to go do something else and then of course sent his armies and killed them and said they weren't worthy and then sent the servants out to go uh, yeah. invite other people that makes me think of i think is the scripture you know if someone doesn't pick up their cross and follow me they're not worthy to be called my disciple hmm. i can't remember like what specific scripture that is but i don't remember but i don't know that just popped in my mind you know uh but yeah like like just like y'all were saying you know no one was called worthy or, un- or unworthy when it came to planning the seat or like going out and just giving the message. Yeah, it was sending until, the invite. Yeah. It wasn't until like they made the decision, you know, for them, for themselves. But, you know, like we were talking about, like, you know, going to a bad restaurant with bad service, you know, and like people are sitting there hungry at a certain point, they're going to take their business elsewhere. And they're like, all right, well, I'm hungry. So I'm going to go get fed somewhere else. And <laughs> that's actually going to, you know, give me what I paid for. Yeah. Fast food. If you want yeah, God to food. use you, start bearing some fruit. Start getting some spiritual uh, fruit out there mm-hmm. so that other people can partake of it and see it and see, you know, that God is good and is working in your life and producing things in your life that are yeah. godly, spiritual, and holy. Then, mm-hmm. you know, they can take that and plant those seeds and continue continue yeah. on in it. And you'll, you, you never really know who's going to accept the gospel. I mean, you never really... No. That's why he sowed. He didn't know. Well, I, I mean, they could they could still receive it. Mm-hmm. He didn't not. He still sowed. He said, oh, man, I hope. He casted it out out of, you know, maybe it's going to happen. Maybe they're going to receive it. Maybe it's going to sprout up and it's just going to uproot and that's what's going to happen. So you know what? I'm going to sow. I'm going to do it. Yeah. God forbid the world comes to the doors of our church. We say, I'm sorry, we don't have anyone to teach you a Bible study. Mm-hmm. I saw a clip of <laughs> Joel Erson actually saying that, like, you know, there's a labor so- shortage. That's what he put it as. There's a labor shortage. Mm-hmm. Talking about, and he was relating mm-hmm. the unemployment in the world, and they yeah. say that's in the church, whether we see it or not. There's a labor shortage. He said, 
And I wrote down what he said. He said, I'm sorry we don't have enough anyone to teach you a Bible study. We don't have anyone to pray with you. We, I'm sorry there's no one here willing to sacrifice the time to serve you and put forth the effort to reach you. God, we ought to fear God too much. Tyler, we ought to fear God too much not to throw out the seed and give him the seed. Because it was Jesus who said, I know the commandment says love your neighbor as yourself, but I bring unto you a new commandment. Yeah. You ought to love every you ought to love them like I love you. Yeah. You ought to love them like as God loves you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, I woo. We can't be we can't be offended by what they look like mm. or what they sound like or how they present themselves because God is not a by the way we come to him and the way we lift our hands with all our without wrath, the way we come to him, he's, the father is not offended by how the son comes home. Come as you are. Come as you are. And it's not our job to judge people. It's not our job to decide whether they receive it or not. Yeah. That's God. God gives the increase. Yeah. Paul said, I plant Apollos waters, but I but God gives the increase. I don't know how they received it. I don't know how the, it happened. I don't know how it, it grew in their life and how it developed, but God did it. Yeah. It was God. It had to be God because I didn't do it. All I did was sow. Yeah. All I did was sow. And that's our job. Man, how do you follow up on that? Our number one priority should just be planting those seeds, bearing fruit in our own lives, mm-hmm. and continuing to spread those seeds to, so these ministries can multiply, so God can reach the world through us, because that's what he, exactly what he wants us to do. And in closing, if you guys are ready for it, mm-hmm. the next episode we're going to be talking about losing, and it's going to be... You know, talking about those seeds that do fall to the wayside, the losses. Uh, we'll be talking in that episode, at least I will be, about not letting that uh, that sin, that, that loss, eat away at your ministry and keeping you, like, being a stumbling block even for yourself. Uh, because even though, I mean, in those losses, God can make you stronger. You might you might lose a branch. You might lose a limb there. Um Figuratively talking through talking about the the tree, right? Because out of that can come new growth and new fruit, and whenever like just taking pruning or just uh, natural damage that can come to trees, uh, you know, there's new growth. It comes back stronger. There's stronger, deeper greens in the foliage, and the fruits come back stronger, and you know, are sweeter and and taste better. So we'll be we'll be talking about losses and how to deal with that in ministry as well in, in the next episode that we sit down and record. So freely you have received. That's what it says. So you cannot hold this back from anybody. The angels don't do it because God didn't give it to the angels. He gave it to us as men. He gave it's our responsibility. And freely you have received. So freely you should give. Freely you should cast. Freely you should sow. It's our job to reach people. Amen. And the next episode, like, you know, kind of pulling it back in. But 
this next episode is more personal stories of of rejection and and the doors getting slammed in our faces and and the the harder parts because it's not all sunshine and rainbows it is to me the easiest part is teaching it but there are times of those that don't receive it and this is what you're going to witness and how you deal with that and how you come back from that and but anyway in closing this episode it's just go and reach people guys it's you know go build off your relationship go cast the seed go do it in the fruit of the spirit do it out of love do it out of kindness do it out of gentleness and and make that connection to people and, and show people God. Amen. Anything you want to say? Nah, y'all. Y'all said it. Y'all said it. Wow. I got nothing to add. All right. Well, God bless and get out there and plant some seeds. In Jesus' name. <laughs>